go ahead and turn your Bibles, turn to the book of Psalms, chapter number 142. When you found your place, if you don't see what the Lord has for us tonight. Book of Psalms, chapter number 142. The Bible says in verse number one, with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. Boy, that's a good thing to do. The Bible said, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I have walked, they have privily laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we love you and we're so thankful for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, we're thankful, Lord, that we know the Jesus that he was just singing about God. And Lord, even better than that, that you know us. And Lord, that you live within us. God, that you lead. God, direct us. And you're with us every step of the way. Lord, we're so thankful for that. And God, we pray that you meet with us tonight. God, that your presence be made known. Or that you touch me and help me as I try to give you them, these people this thought. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. We ask it in your name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. If you have there in the, in the margins of your Bible there where it gives the content or the... Uh, the little notes about the psalm. My Bible says, Mashal of David, a prayer when he was in the cave. Now, don't you think about David's context here. As David is fleeing from Saul. David has gotten past Goliath, and David has been anointed king of Israel, and so he's played for Saul, and he's comforted Saul, but now Saul has turned on him, and Saul hates him, and Saul is trying to kill him, and David here is fighting for his life, and he's with a band of men in the wilderness, and he's running from Saul. He's fighting, and he's fleeing, and he's fearing. The Bible said when he was in the cave, he's hiding out in a cave just to get away from Saul. David is run on the run. He's a man with a price on his head. He's running for his life. That is David's context when he wrote this psalm. You'll find his cry in verse number one. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. You know, David said in Psalms 18.6, he said, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God, and he heard my voice out of his holy temple, and my cry came before him even unto his ears. And David could say, man, I've got a God who answers my prayer. and I've got a God who hears my cry, and he's been good to me in the past, but right now it don't seem like he's answering. And right now it doesn't seem like he hears me. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. You'll find his complaint here in verse number two. He said, I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. David said, look, Lord, I know that serving you is supposed to be the best thing that's ever happened to me, but, Lord, things are not looking too good right now. And, Lord, I know you've anointed me to be king of Israel, but I'm on the run. I'm in this cave, and things are really not going well. Lord, do you see where I'm at? And I feel like that sometimes. Lord, do you, do you really see what I'm going through? And, Lord, do you, know, do you know exactly what's happening in my life? David said, I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. Notice with me David's connections here in verse 3. He said, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. He said, hey, he said, I know when things got too hard for me and the way got too rough, you knew where I was at and you were there with me, he said, but in the way wherein I have walked. Have they privily laid a snare for me? He said, God, I know you're there, but do you see the snare they've got laid for me right here? And God, I know you're good, but the way that I'm walking down is rough and it's dark and it's dangerous. And Lord, I know you're there, but I'm in a cave. And Lord, I know you're there, but God, it seems like you've deserted me. And Lord, I know you're there, but it just doesn't seem like it. He said, in the way wherein I have walked, have they privily laid a snare for me? You think about it. I mean, David had a little bit to complain about. David's in a cave on the run for his life. It's, it's dirty in there. It's dark in there. It's dangerous in there. 
David's got something to say to the Lord. Notice with me David's care here in verse number 4. He said, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. He said David was looking for somebody and there, there was nobody there. He said, refuge failed me. You know, David was the one that said, the Lord is my refuge and my strength and my tower and my shield and all those things. But he said, right here and right now, he said, refuge has failed me. But listen to what he said here. No man cared for my soul. David is looking for some help. And man, David's on the run and David needs something. He said, but no man cared for my soul. He said, Lord, I know you're watching over me and I know you're with me and I know you're taking care of me, but... I don't have anybody to turn to, Lord. I don't have anywhere to go. I'm in a cave. Lord, Lord, have you seen where I'm at? David said, who cares? Who cares about me? Who cares what I'm going through? God, I'm doing my best to serve you. God, I'm doing my best to live for you. And God, I killed the giant when you told me to. I took that step of faith. I hit him with that rock and that sling. I cut off his head. I've I've served my king. I've lived for you. But Lord, do you see where I'm at? Nobody cares about me. Nobody cares what I'm going through. Lord, it seems like you're ignoring me. He said, beheld, he said, and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. That word know, it just means to look at and to recognize and acknowledge. He said, Lord, nobody will even look my way and acknowledge what I'm going through. Who cares? I want to give you just a couple thoughts tonight on that phrase, on who cares. Who cares when you're serving God in a cave? And who cares when you're living for God when everything's going wrong? And who really cares when you're trying to live for Him and everything has fallen apart. Who cares? Turn with me, if you would, to the book of John in chapter number 12. We find a story of a lady that is trying her best to serve God with what she has. In the book of John in chapter number 12, you'll find the story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And this is right after the story of John 11 where God has raised Lazarus from the dead and they've made a great supper for Jesus. And Jesus has come back to dine with them. The Bible says in John 12, in verse 1, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard. I love this part because all three of them, We're serving God in different ways, and God needed every one of them. You realize if there had been no Martha, there would have been nothing to eat. You realize if there had been no Lazarus, there would have been no crowd to draw to Jesus. And if there had been no Mary, there would be no story that we're about to read. You say, preacher, what I'm doing doesn't seem as important as what Mary's doing. Oh, but we need some Marthas. Gee, Lord, what I'm doing doesn't seem as important as what Lazarus did. Hey, we need some Marys. Hey, wherever God has put you, whatever he's using you for, just let him do it. Just let him have his will. Let him have his way. Lazarus had a suffering purpose. Martha had a serving purpose. And Mary had a sitting purpose. Hey, you realize we need those who just sit at the feet of Jesus and soak it in. We need those who God has done miraculous things in their lives. We need those who will serve Him when nobody's looking. We need all of them. And it took all three of them to make this story come to pass. But the Bible said there they made him a supper and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then look at this. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. And then listen to this, listen to this. Thus saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. You say, preacher, who cares? Well, I'm here to tell you tonight, there's supposed, supposed church people who do not care. You say, preacher, I don't understand what you're talking about. Jesus is one of the disciples. The Bible said he cared not that he cared for the poor. The Bible said he cared for none of these things. 
You say, preacher, Mary is just anointing the Lord with, with everything she had. Man, the Bible said it was very costly, and she's giving her all to the Lord. And then one of the disciples said, Why'd you not, why did you do that? Why did you not give it to the poor? Hey, there's a better way for you to do that, Mary. Can you imagine what's happening in Mary's heart? Mary said, this is all I have. This is the most costly, the most holy, the most valuable thing I have. I gave it all to God. And somebody said, why would you do that? And hey, I'm here to tell you tonight that when you're serving God and you're trying your best to live for God, there's going to be some people who should be on your side. And there's going to be some people who you look up to and respect to you who may not understand what you're doing. They may say, man, you're crazy to leave your God job and go serve God. You're, you're crazy to stand for God at the school where you're at. Hey, you're crazy. Why? Why? Who cares? Mary could say, who cares? Really, I mean, who cared about me? This disciple said, why? There's some supposed church people who do not care. They didn't care about Mary's sacrifice because he was lost. If you'll turn with me to the book of Acts in chapter number 18, we'll find another person who did not care about the things that went on. The book of Acts in chapter number 18, Paul is in trouble again with the authorities. Imagine that. And the Bible said here that he is the Jews that brought him before the judgment seat. They brought him to the court of law now. And things are getting serious and they're wanting to take legal action against him. The Bible said in verse 12 of chapter 8, Acts chapter 18, And when Gallio was a deputy of Achaia, the Jews made insurrection with one accord against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat, saying, This fellow persuadeth men to worship God contrary to the law. And when Paul was now about to open his mouth, Gallio said unto, said unto the Jews, If it were a matter of wrong or wicked lewdness, O ye Jews, reason would that I should bear with you. But if it be a question of words and names and of your law, look ye to it, for I will be no judge of such matters. And he drave them from the judgment seat. Then all the Greeks took Sothenes, the chief ruler of the synagogue, and beat him before the judgment seat. And Gallio cared for none of these things. Say, I'm just here to tell you tonight that when things are going wrong, there's going to be some supposed church people who do not care. But there was a secular ruler who did not care about the injustice that was taking place in his rule. I mean, this man is being beat to death, and he's being hit, and he's being stoned, and they're mistreating him. The Bible said Gallio cared for none of those things. Hey, I'm here to tell you tonight, if you're looking to the White House for help, and you're looking to the courthouse for help, I'm going to tell you, they really don't care about you. They really don't. And when, they come, when, they, when it gets down to brass tacks, they're not going to stand for you. They're not going to stand behind you. The Bible said Gallio cared for none of those things. Who cares? Well, I'm here to tell you not. There's some supposed church people who don't care. There's some secular rulers who do not care. But then the Bible said in Philippians 2 and 20, and I'll, I'll read it to you. I want to tell you tonight, there's some spiritual leaders who cannot care for you. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? The Bible said in Philippians 2 and verse number 19, he said, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. See, these Philippians needed some help, and they needed some guidance, and they needed some discipleship. But Paul said, I, I would love to send somebody to care for you and to watch over you, but I don't have anybody. And can I tell you not where God has got you serving, there may not be anybody to come alongside of you and to pick you up and to draw you on and say, hey, everything's going to be all right. There may not be anybody there. There just simply may not be anybody there. You hear what I'm saying? The Bible said, he said, he said but I have no man who will naturally, like-minded, who will naturally care for your state. He said, Preacher, you're not making this sound too good. I mean, the secular rulers didn't care, and the supposed church people didn't care, and the spiritual leaders didn't care. But David, back in our text, had come to the point where he said, The social system does not care for me. He said, I looked over the entire world. I don't know of anybody who cares for me. David, back in this cave, he said, No man cared for my soul. 
David's serving God. David's killed Goliath. David's on the run for Saul, living for God in spite of everything. And he said, no man cared for my soul. And I'm here to tell you tonight, I can't promise you that there'll be somebody alongside of you every step of the way. I can't promise you that every church member is going to be there for you like they should. I can't promise you legal protection like I would like to be able to. I can't promise you that there'll always be a spiritual leader there in the way. David said, no man cared for my soul. But the writer said, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You say, preacher, you talked about this whole list of people who do not care. Is there anybody? There may not be a man who cares, but I can promise you on the authority of this Bible that there is a Savior in heaven who cares about you. The Bible said in 1 Peter 5 and 7, he said, cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Hey, there may not be one person here on earth who cares about you. There may not be one individual who loves you enough to help you out, but I promise you there's a God in heaven who died for you. The Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He said, here in his love, not that we we loved him, but that he loved us and gave himself for us. He said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That is why Peter could say, Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Hey, David didn't have First Peter. All he could see was look around and say, There's nobody, Lord. Do you see what I'm going through? There's no man to care for my soul. But if he could turn his eyes upward and see the Savior on the throne, the Bible said, Whoever liveth to make intercession for us. Hey, I promise you the Savior cares about you tonight. Preacher, do you know what I'm doing? Do you know why I'm trying to serve God and nobody sees it? No, I don't, but the Lord does. Preacher, do you see how nobody cares about me? No, I may not be able to, but I promise you the Lord cares about you. Say, Preacher, I want to live for God and it just doesn't seem like I have any help. I promise you on the authority of God's Word. If you'll cast your care on Him, He cares for you. I can't promise you anything else. David said, no man cared for my soul. Do you realize David was the man after God's own heart? David lived for God in spite of, he said, in spite of just innumerable circumstances. But he said, if he could just look up, he'd know for sure. The Bible says, he said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He could look back to the time when God had been good to him. You think about Paul. He said, in my first answer, no man stood with me. He said, but the Lord stood by me. I can't promise you that you'll have somebody to care for you. But I promise we have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And he cares for you. Preacher, who cares? Well, I don't know for sure, but I know the Lord cares about you. He sees where you're at. He sees how you're trying to serve God, and he cares about you.